In this episode of the Exploring Information Security Podcast, what is the Internet of Things? Welcome to the Exploring Information Security Podcast, where you will learn, explore, and grow your security mindset. I am your host, Timothy D. Block, and in this episode, we will be exploring what is the Internet of Things. Joining me today to, to help answer this question is Ed Rojas, better known as Mr. Tactical Edge. <laughs> Tactical Mr. Edge. Tactical Edge, how are you? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm pretty good. Enjoying St. Louis. Some nice uh, St. Louis barbecue. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of uh, Internet of Things do they have out in St. Louis? Well, I've noticed a lot of stuff. So you have your your traffic lights. You have uh, special police cameras at uh, different uh, corners, especially where the tourist areas are. Uh, you have your your basic uh, badge, uh, you know, to come in and out of uh, uh, areas in the buildings and things like that. So you, you see a lot of internal things. You see people with wearable devices, and it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's exploding. So I guess from a technical standpoint, what is the Internet of Things? Ah, man. The way that I see it is, you know, so let, let's take a step back on that question because that's a loaded question, right? So Internet of Things, is, it's it's a new name that's been given to technology that's been around for many, many, many years, right? Everyone that works on OT, uh, you know, on the uh, industrial side, uh, anyone that works in manufacturing, uh, energy, they're used to the uh, uh, OT, you know, uh, which is something different, you know, the opposite of, or way different than IT. But these are all devices that are there that are uh, basic devices that uh, have sensors, collect information, they send information out, or, or they uh, make things happen based on the information they're collecting. And a lot of them are usually proprietary. They use proprietary protocols. And so, but now with the internet, with big data coming out and exploding, with cloud uh, becoming more mainstream right now, uh, they started to come out and, and, and started naming all these devices uh, Internet of Things. And uh, it's basically any device that talks to the internet, uh, either natively, uh, via IP or through a gateway. It's what they call Internet of Things. Personally, uh, I'll, I agree with the uh, uh, Internet of Connected Things, uh, which is, I think is that's what, uh, or Internet of Everything, which is what Cisco calls it. Um, I, to me, an Internet of Thing is a device that connects natively using IP as its base protocol to the Internet. Uh, if the device doesn't use IP as its protocol and it connects to the internet, it means that it's going through a gateway. So I don't call those Internet of Things. I just call them connected devices. Uh, so an Internet of Things is a device that collects data. It acts on the data and it connects natively to the internet via IP. Okay, so would you then... Consider, I guess you would consider it would would be. 
IP cameras, so security cameras, I guess, yes. meet that criteria. Absolutely, and, and that's why we have all those issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, we're also starting to see things like doorbells. and We may find out that during the uh, PBC Sec podcast once. <laughs> <laughs> um, IP doorbells. Yeah, yeah. And then um, there's also, I guess, fridges. I mean, there are... There are some funny things like toasters. Like, what? I don't know why would you ever need a toaster. So let me let me let me tell you a story. So I want to be doing a presentation at a local ISSA chapter meeting uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, well, well, first week in March. And uh, during my research, I found this awesome video. You can find a look for it in YouTube. It's a BlackBerry tea kettle hack, and I love that video because that video is so. It's so amazing. So what happens is that somebody decided that it would be a good idea to put a uh, IoT device, a Wi-Fi enabled IoT board, and attach it to a tea kettle. And the idea, and then they wrote an application for it. And the idea is that the user or the owner of this tea kettle would, on the way home with the smart device, you know, about ten minutes away from home, tell the tea kettle. Uh, start boiling my water. So by the time I get home, I have nice hot water for my tea or my coffee. Right? How lazy. First of all, how lazy. <laughs> I, I know. I know. So that's funny. But but you got to look at the video. So what happens is that this tea kettle, it's connected to the Wi-Fi. And in this case, it's uh, you know, a home user's Wi-Fi. Well, this guy's went ahead and showed this hack where they actually put in a rogue AP in you know very close to to the home um using um using wi-fi technology they force it's not a hack they actually using the technology of wi-fi uh wireless technology they they force the ke- the tea kettle to disconnect from the 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 real ap and to reconnect to the rogue ap mm. right once a tea kettle connected that, 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 that this is just absurd once the tea kettle connected to the rogue AP, <laughs> they were able to tell it to the tea kettle. <laughs> I'm just laughing. I think that's hilarious. Telnet. They tell it to the tea kettle. Goodness. Then the password that they use was, uh, I believe it, they said either six zeros or six sixes. I, I forgot. It was a silly password. <laughs> now they into the tea kettle kernel. They just use a basic uh, Unix or Linux command that it would display to them the secret password to the real Wi-Fi network. Oh, wow. So now they have the secret password for the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. network that's uh, you know encrypted, WPA encrypted, whatever you want to, whatever encryption they're using. And then they disconnect it from the tea kettle. They plugged in that uh, password on their machine. They they turned off the uh, the rogue uh, AP, and now they connect it to the existing AP, and nobody knows anything about it because it's a true connection. They didn't hack anything. Right. 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 And they now, they- yeah. Now now they had the password, and now they could use Wireshark to capture every single data transmission that's going on in that Wi-Fi, in that yeah. house, through a t- tea kettle. 
Yeah, so now you've increased your attack vector or your so attack the, service. So that's the whole thing. I remember when I was in Colombia last year and I was doing a keynote for Checkpoint, and this was a couple of days before you know, the best InfoSec event in Latin America, Tactical Edge. And I was, I was, I was giving a, a presentation there and I was telling the local professionals about if, you know, if they're ready for IoT and, you know, the, 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 the big technology is coming up, uh, according to Gardner and, uh, and Forrester and all these <coughs> research companies. So you have, you have IoT, you have big data and all this stuff. So I remember telling them, I'm like, and this was October 20, 21st, 22, something like that. And, and, I, and I said to them, I said, have any of you heard of this botnet called Mirai Botnet? And nobody had heard of it. And I said, okay, well, then you need to write that down. Mirai is going to be good. And I, <laughs> and I told him, I said, look, this is a, this is a, a, a report that came from uh, Homeland Security a couple of uh, weeks ago that shows all the devices that are IoT, that are connected to the internet, that are, that are uh, insecure because of the default passwords and everything. And, and that they're known to be affected by the Mirai botnet, right? And and lo and behold, like three three days later or two days later after me telling them that, <laughs> we had the famous meltdown uh, caused by IoT. Um, so, the, and I remember I was telling them, you know, one of the best ways for corporate uh, uh, to be ready for securing, securing that is we have to go back to the BYOD days, right? What happened to the BYODs uh, when it when when it first came came out? The first thing you wanted to do is you had to make sure that your infrastructure was ready to accept, uh, you know, one or two additional devices per user on your network. That was the number one thing, right? It, it's it's the infrastructure because right there it's going to cause a lot of issues. You know, you, you're tripling or doubling the the, the traffic that the network infrastructure was designed for. So now with with IoT, it's an average of four or five IoT devices per user. That's, that's just nuts. That's nuts. And they all have the, depending on the protocol that they use, they all have the um, capabilities of connecting to any network right because if they connect if they use bluetooth or zigbee you know all these protocols that are part of the iot and they connect to your usually to your smartphone well your smartphone automatically connects you know nowadays it automatically connects to the wireless network there at, at, at your office so now you have all of this you know you have your 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 smartphone becomes a gateway. And now you have all of these devices connected to a gateway that is connected to the corporate internet that is connected to the internet. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, your, no, this is very, this is getting very, very messy. It's very messy. But, but so you're right. Your attack surface just, it didn't just double. It like quadruple, what's the word? Quintuple? I don't know what that word is for. Five times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I'm even recently... I was listening to another podcast, I think it was Risky Business, and they were talking about um, apps for cars and how you can like start your car from your app. Yes. And those app are apps are just insecure and, and, and criminals are looking at potentially, you know, using that as a way to steal your car. So they could start your car and unlock the doors without you, you know, having to bonk you over the head with a wrench and steal your keys. 
Well, so here's a scary thing. Uh, this guy out of IBM at RSA, he presented uh, that uh, when you actually sell your, you know, you sell your car back to the manufacturer, to, to the dealer, and they, they resell it, right? That a lot of the times the people that buy this, uh, this, uh, the, this cars, they don't do anything to reset the apps or anything <laughs> like that, right? So this guy says, I sold my car like three years ago and I still have my apps and I can still find out where the car is located and things like that. I'm like, oh, oh wow. So they're not even white formatting that, that right. so they, system in the car. Right, exactly. And so that makes me think, I'm like, wait, I just bought a car like a year and a half ago. I don't, you know, I personally, I haven't even taken a look and see and seeing, you know, by default, what type of apps that car comes in with. Mm -hmm. And so that I can download and install it and then see, find out, you know, what are the users that have (laughs) authorized access to those apps in that car? Right. Uh, but yeah, there was. I, I just went to Seattle recently for my brother's wedding, and my mom had a had a rental car. And you know me, I'm sitting in the front seat, just playing with it, going, "What can I see here?" And someone else's phone was connected to it. I knew exactly what it was, and I'm sure if I really ooh, wanted to ooh. spend some time, I could get in there and probably get contact information and all sorts so, of stuff. So you mean someone actually connected their USB yeah. phone? Well, my mom, that- no, no, they they connect over like Bluetooth or something. Yeah, yeah, Bluetooth, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and my mom, like my mom, did it too. Um, okay. So like on the way to the airport, on the way back to drop off the rental cars, making sure I was deleting. I even deleted the other person's stuff, but I made and, sure and- my mom's was gone and everybody else's. But even still, you got to wonder if, if that stuff, even if you delete it, you know, it could it's, still be, it's be on- recovered. Yes, yeah, and I know so that it can be recovered. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, and it's just, it's just spreading. So, I guess, why are these devices so insecure to begin with? I mean, the 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 black kettle or the yeah the BlackBerry tea kettle hack the is kettle, just yeah, yeah that's just mind blowing. That I, I and you said Wi Fi, and instantly I thought, well, there's nothing wrong with Wi Fi, you know, sarcastically <laughs> here, people. <laughs> there's a lot wrong with Wi Fi and connecting all your Internet of Things. You know, I didn't even think about getting the password from another device. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's and, and there's all this other stuff on there. I mean, why is it just so insecure in the first place? Because the the people that are making those devices, they have no idea about security. I mean, do you think that someone that works at a kettle company is a security expert in you know developing applications? No. So they what they do is they out they think they have the best idea ever, and then they go out and they get quotes for somebody to come in and put a. Uh, an IoT solution that allows the clients to control that device through the smartphone, through an app. And yeah, what happens should... then? And what happens then is that um, they they have co- so you know a couple of people come in and they do the designs, right? And they and they propose the designs. And let's say you and I come in with our design, right? And our design is security focused, right? And we say, well, you know, if you're going to implement our design, it's going to cost you 50 cents per board, per IoT board that you're going to plug into the kettle, kettle right? Now, we're talking about millions of devices, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you say, you know, it's going to cost you 50 cents and it's going to do 
exactly what you asked for. It's going to be secured and blah, 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 blah. Then you have somebody else come in and offer the same solution without the security, and that's only five cents. That's a 45 cent delta. Yeah. Right. So on 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 a one on one to one, you know, you and I go like, well, dude, forty five cents is worth the security, but now we're talking millions of those devices. Now those forty five cents delta, that's a big difference. That's a humongous difference in price. So which one do you think they're gonna go? Right, the cheapest yeah. one. Yeah. And the and the and the one that is fastest to market because if if you're the first out there with a Wi-Fi enabled kettle in their mind, we control the market of Wi-Fi enabled kettles. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's the same thing that happens with all the uh, all the toys and the uh, baby baby video monitors and the yeah. uh, video. <laughs> we're the first ones out there, and you know, you know, a fifteen dollar video camera, yeah. Okay, well, you, you're getting fifteen dollars worth of video camera. You, you you're just not getting security in there. But a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, consumers, we don't care. We just go ahead and we keep shop, shopping based on price. So as long as the demand is there for the devices and we don't care about security, that's what happens. I mean, I had a conversation with a professional not too long ago, and 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 their answer to that was, well. They already have my data anyway, so you know what does it matter? And I, I didn't have an answer to that. <laughs> just just say okay. Well, give me your your email, username, and password. I, I really didn't have an answer. Yeah. Uh, and so that's one person, very educated, very professional person. So yeah, multiply that by a gazillion. So that's what we have uh, insecure IoT devices because it's all based on price and market. So what should organizations, I, I like, I, I didn't even think about that with the person that has the connected devices at home. Um, and then, you know, say they're ready to get compromised. I guess that would be the attack. The threat model there would be that they get compromised at home and they bring it into their work. Like, is there any kind of defense for that? Or are, are organizations more worried about IOT devices being connected to their Wi-Fi? Or, I mean, so what should organizations be worried about? Yes, organizations are, are starting to get worried about that's why that's why if you go on Twitter and you know um, you got, or you do IoT security, it's going to be a whole bunch of things about security, and security is becoming extremely important in IoT. You have uh, NIST coming out with with some uh, recommendations on how to secure IoT deployments, and it all starts down with the same with the same uh, idea as application development and you and you are an expert at application development. It all starts with that, right? Security in mind when you develop applications. So there's nothing new. Um, what, uh, what happens is that at, right now, for the time being, you have to accept that every IoT device is vulnerable. There was, there was a, um, a report by HP that came out late last year that said that 70% of uh, IoT devices are vulnerable and 100% of home security IoT devices are vulnerable, right? Uh, and I, rem I, I remember hearing those same numbers about, what was it, eight, nine years ago when smartphones were starting to appear. 
Mm-hmm. Remember the smartphones were coming out, and the and Androids were the the biggest thing there, competing against Apple and Microsoft. And I remember the uh, reports from the uh, Verizon, the uh, the the yearly reports by Verizon, mm-hmm. that they were saying one hundred percent of Android-based devices are vulnerable. That was like nine or ten years ago, and and here we go again. It's it's it, history keeps repeating itself. Whatever was done to secure uh, networks against um, smartphones and Androids and everything is that's the same thing that you have to do now. There's not there's nothing you can do until the everyone starts um, requiring security on IoT devices. Uh, so what you need to do, you need to have your policies and procedures in place. You need to make sure that your network infrastructure is properly segmented. <laughs> does this sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You need to have monitoring in place to make sure that you you, you can you can monitor the traffic and and make sure that the traffic that's going through that IoT segment is uh, it, it's good traffic. And uh, I mean everything is the same; nothing changes. Uh, so. If, if as long as the uh, root cause is still there, which is uh, faulty or insecure applications, there's nothing you can do. The problem is that you, you've heard the numbers, right? Everyone's been saying 20 billion devices by 2020. That's in three years. That's 20 billion connected devices. They just upped that to like, 30-something billion. I'm like, how do you go 10 billion devices additional? You start to think then that every car, every car has like 100 plus mm-hmm. IoT devices built in per car. Oh, wow. Right. So think about it. Every single tire has an IoT device that uses Bluetooth, right? Then you have your, now you start putting IoT device for the brakes, for the accelerator, for the, for this, for that, for that, for that. Every car comes with a minimum 100 IoT devices. So now you start to understand why there's going to be, you know, 30 something billion devices connected on the internet. At some point, there has to be a point where, uh, and, and I, and I'm, you know, Sad to say, but governments will have to come and get involved and start mm-hmm. putting regulations similar to what they do right now, you know, for before a device gets put up out there that it has to pass all of these stringent tests for, you know, protection, right? Uh, electric and all that stuff. There's so many new devices coming out that are going to be connected, collecting information, and some of it's going to be extremely personal information that there has to be standards in place. So right now, the reason why IoT is so very insecure, I want to tell you three reasons. One, there's over a hundred different protocols in use in IoT. Over 100. How the heck are you going to <laughs> provide I don't know. I'm security the... for that? I mean, if, we, if we're struggling with one protocol IP, to provide uh-huh. security. How are you going to do it for 100 plus protocols? And right. The majority are proprietary. That's one. Two, there are no security standards in place. There's like 120 plus alliances 
groups that have gotten together to create a security. Three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, you had, I think it was Microsoft and and uh, Google, and I don't, I don't know who else, got together to form an alliance to create security standards for IoT. I'm like, okay, so that's 121 alliances now, because there were 120. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. We don't yeah, need any more alliances. We just need all those alliances to come in into one or two, and then boom, off you go. That's not going to happen in the next three years or five years. Right. Yeah, it, it's a lot like that XKCD comic. I think I may have sent it to you where it was like, we have 14 standards. We should create another standard that simplifies them all. And now we have 15 standards. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that, 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 that's what's happening in IoT right now. It, it's, a, it's a scary technology. Now, let me, let me put it this way, right? And, and this is simple. So you, you, I don't know if you own a, a, a Fitbit or, a, or a, one of those wearable devices, but you know people that that, that have that, um, they get it. They connect it to their smartphone, and then there's an app where they create a user ID and a password, right? And then they get in a nice dashboard on their laptop or on their phone that tells them, you know, how much exercise you've done and how much weight you have lost and, and whatever. They never, I guarantee you, the majority, 98% of them have never thought, how's that communication getting to the internet, to the mm -hmm. cloud? Because that communication is not being stored on my, on, my, on my smartphone. That's going to the cloud somewhere. When I, when I created my username and my password through the app, I was connected to the cloud, number one, right? So how's that communication being uh, transported from my smartphone to the cloud? Is it encrypted? Mm, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, second is, who owns that information? Where, where exactly in the cloud is it being stored? Is it Amazon? Is it Google? Is it IBM? Is it Microsoft? Who has access to that information? Right now, this is your personal information. This is your biometrics information. This is extremely sensitive information that you're storing in the cloud. You have no idea who has access to it, how it's being transmitted. What are they doing with that information? Right, that's right. that's scary, and that's what I'm saying. That uh, that you know, people people use IoT for the convenience, and at some point, um, regulations have to come in that say, you know what, it's, it's got to be a way to protect all that information. It, it's very scary. Yeah. All right, so what resources are available for people that want to dive into the Internet of Things? Oh, man. Um, I've been doing a lot of research. Uh, I basically, believe it or not, I, I have a list in Twitter. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a list, basically, that has to do with IoT. Anything to do with IoT, I want to... Um, I want to... Uh, I want to see, right? And uh, and then I just click on it. So there's a Internet of Things, IoT Consortium, IoT Watcher, uh, the IoT, IBM IoT, uh, in IoT security stuff like that. And that's basically what I do. You know, when every morning or whatever, when I when I see a nice uh, something that that 
piques my curiosity, I go ahead and I click on it and I read it. Um, so the internet is your it's, it's your help there. Um, obviously, YouTube uh, podcasts. There's several podcasts right now specific to IoT. Not all of them are, have to do with IoT security. Um, and, but you have to do, you know, you just have to do your your research. Go ahead and Google, become a Google master. <laughs> yep, Google's Google's a great tool. Yes, and they have an alliance for IoT. So, <laughs> yeah, and again, you know, you're going to start finding out all of those all those things. Um, obviously, if through your company you have access to Gardner or Forrester Research, use those as well. Uh, I use those. Uh, I'm using those a lot, uh, and I'm I'm actually lucky that in the company that I work for, the corporation I work for, they do have a group that focuses on IoT, and they produce a lot of internal documentation. And so I take advantage of that to do my research and and come up to speed. Okay. Well, what would you like to plug? Tactical Edge, baby. <laughs> you know me. Yep. So we're, we're doing Tactical Edge 2.0, September 13th, 14th in Colombia. We have fantastic speakers. It's, it's turning to be really, really good. Uh, I, you know, One of the things that I was worried about was how can I keep the same level that we had last year? And last year was fantastic. I mean, the people that were coming were fantastic. And this year is getting really, really good. Uh, we have Andy Ellis, CSO of Akamai. We have... Uh, Martin Fisher, uh, everybody knows Martin, uh, uh, CISO there in Wellstar Group. Um, and we have a couple of other fantastic people, and more and more people are joining us. Uh, I've been getting contact uh, to find out, you know, how can they come and, and, and present. So take a look, tacticaledge.co. Uh, people that came last year from the state uh, to Bogota with us had a fantastic time. Uh, nothing bad happened to them. Um, the only thing that happened to them was they had a great food, great time, great conversations, <laughs> and great experiences. So, uh, Tactical Edge, that CO. HTTPS, Tactical Edge, that CO. <laughs> yep. And if you didn't get enough of that, you can, get, you can find it on Twitter at Tactical Edge with the E for Edge uh, replaced <laughs> with a three. <laughs> Tactical three. DGE, yeah. <laughs> All right, Ed. Well, uh, thank you for joining me to discuss what is the Internet of Things. Man, I appreciate the uh, opportunity, and I hope uh, you know I was able to clarify some things and scare you a little bit. <laughs> that will do it. Hopefully, you learned something. Feedback is welcome at timothy.dblock at gmail.com or on Twitter at timothydblock. Show notes can be found at timothydblock.com forward slash E-I-S. If you enjoyed the show, share it with others and rate it on iTunes. Have a good one.